0: Who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group. Text Just News to 989898 right now. Hello, America, and welcome to a new edition of John Solomon Reports. Yes, the Monday After Mother Days edition. That's a good day. I like that. I had a good time with my wife and good time to spend with my mother and mother in law on the phone and thanking him for the love they've given us as a family, and hope you did too. Hey, a lot of news to come on the show today. We have two amazing guests. First up, our good friend, Cash Patel. Yes, that Cash Patel, the guy that unraveled the Russia collusion story, unraveled some of the Hunter Biden shenanigans. He's here to join us. Some really big... News are going to break tonight on Just the News. You should come back before you go to bed tonight. You'll see the story. We're going to tease it and give you a little bit of it with Cash Patel. And then right after Cash Patel, we broke a big story over the weekend. It's already having impact in the marketplace Joining us in the second half of the show is my good colleague, Aaron Kliegman, great investigative reporter at Just the News, broke the story of how Governor Kemp in Georgia gave away a billion and a half dollars to an electric vehicle company that's doing poorly, that has a large ownership stake from George Soros, the liberal mega donor. And this morning, right after the story broke, guess what? Ford Motor Company, another investor in the company, it pulled its stock out, sold off eight million dollars. The company is tanking. Part of the reason we wrote the story: there was a lot of questions about this company giving it a billion and a half dollars when it wasn't necessarily viable. Has raised a lot of questions, and that story broke. I hope you enjoy that. All right. Well, before we go to the break, and we're going to get to cash, and we're going to get to Aaron very quickly, I just want to tell you a little bit about what we're going to break tonight. For most of the last. Six, seven years, the media narrative about Mike Flynn was he was a stooge for Russia. Yeah, he was talking to their ambassador, by the way, that was his job as national security advisor. Oh, and he went to a dinner in 2015, sponsored by Russia Today, RT, the government propaganda agency. And he sat with Putin and others and he took some money for it. And oh, what a horrible Russia loving guy. Well, tomorrow we're going to continue a story I first kind of hinted at back in 2019 at the Hill. But we're going to deliver the goods tomorrow. We have an unsealed, declassified affidavit from a former senior defense intelligence agency, that's the main spy agency of the Pentagon, revealing that Mike Flynn went to the RT dinner in 2015. In consultation with, at the request of, in working with the Defense Intelligence Agency and other spy agencies, he essentially was spying for America by going to that dinner. And then he came back and debriefed everybody on what he found. What a difference seven years makes. Another media lie is going to go by the wayside, but this document is rather extraordinary. We're going to put it out tonight. We're going to break that story. And oh, by the way, as that's going on, there are people trying to make Mike Flynn in the Pentagon pay back the money he got for this operation. He you know, took a check from RT. They're going to dock his pay unless he protests against it. So the feds can't seem to get over their obsession with Mike Flynn. But we're going to tell you the real story of what really went on at the RT dinner, what the government was doing, what Michael Flynn did afterwards. This affidavit is a blockbuster. So check that out. All right, we're going to talk to Cash about it right after you come back from the commercial break. We'll first hear from our great sponsors, partners, and advertisers. Come back, our exclusive interview with Cash Patel. We're going to talk about John Durham and of course, this blockbuster we're going to break tonight about Mike Flynn. And then after that, Aaron Kliegman, the great reporter from Just the News. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Folks, Factors, delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy wherever tomorrow takes you be ready with pre-prepared chef crafted and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door you'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from including keto calorie smart vegan plus veggie and so much more and there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutritional packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious and easy what are you waiting for get started today and have a feel-good week of meals Ready to go. If you're like me and have a busy schedule, that the last thing you want to worry about is what to eat or having to go to the grocery store, Factor makes it easy. As they are flexible to your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing six to eighteen meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Plus, Factor meals are one hundred percent ready to heat and eat, usually in just two minutes. So there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Head to Factor Meals dot Slash Just News fifty. And use the promo code JustNews50 to get 50% off. That's the code JustNews50 at Factormeals.com. One more time, Factormeals.com slash JustNews50. Use the JustNews50 code and you will get 50% off your first order. Hey folks, it's John Solomon here. Today, I want to shine a light on AMAC, an organization who's dedicated to America's seniors, but is vital for conservatives of all ages. AMAC stands out All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. You know this man. Every time he comes on the show, he lights it up. He makes sense of Russia collusion, of Joe Biden and Hunter Biden's uh, scams across the globe. He is the former chief investigator uh, for the House Intelligence Committee, the man that helped unravel uh, the Russia collusion story with Devin Nunes and later was chief of staff uh, at the Pentagon. Joining us right now, our good friend of the show, Cash Patel. Cash, great to have you on.
1: John, thanks so much. It's great to be with you as always. Looking forward to our uh, exciting conversation.
0: Yeah. Well, listen, just before the break, I hinted to people that tonight I'm going to be breaking a story about Mike Flynn and it's a very simple story which is for the last 6 or 7 years the mainstream media has repeatedly said my, uh, when Mike Flynn went to Russia and took mm-hmm. that $30,000 fee from the RT television network it was just a, a self-enrichment scheme that made him beholden to Russia tonight we have this affidavit from the former a former DIA officer declassified now out in the open saying, no, no, no. Mike Flynn came to us, told us about this. We asked him to go spy. We gave him a briefing, told him what we wanted. He went over and he came back and he met with all the intelligence chiefs of the Pentagon and told us what he learned. So basically, Mike Flynn was doing a patriotic intelligence operation, not getting himself Uh enriched by RT. I think you've probably known this because you had access to things that other people don't, but the public will be hearing this for the first time. What should they take from it?
1: Yeah, you know, it's it's one of those unfortunate tragedies of, of a man who served his country with honor and distinguished himself um, and acted appropriately, and then the media, um, you know, shredded his career because he ended up siding. He, a man who worked for President Barack Obama, and then later thought President Trump's national security policy was stronger, ended up switching over to that side, and the and the media hated him for it, and they never let him go. Yeah, and thanks to your great investigative work, it's finally coming out that, no surprise, Mike Flynn didn't do anything wrong on his trip to Russia.
0: Yeah, in fact, he was he was he was spying for us, and I guess because he's an intelligence officer, right? He couldn't say that publicly when he was being maligned. And uh-huh. It's taken us six over seven. years. I think the dinner was twenty twelve, so it's seven, nearly seven years ago, for the truth to come out. Um, how when you look at this now? I mean, uh, the media has. Of all the people, Carter Page and Mike Flynn probably were the most falsely portrayed in the media. Mm -hmm. Um, As we go forward now, and you're doing a lot of work, the fight with cash is such an important movement. Uh, Do you think there are uh, prevailing, growing pressures on the media to uh, realize how wrong they were and start to course correct? Do you think there's enough pressure to get the traditional media to course correct in some way?
1: I mean, I think there's enough pressure. I don't know that they'll do it though. I think one of the good things that has come from all this, John, is you know through your leadership in the in the journal, journalism world, is that people have realized that the mainstream media is a bunch of liars on almost every story, and has politicized it to their advantage just to advance the false narrative. <clears throat> now, unfortunately, that's only half the battle. Uh, the media is not going to change. The New York Times, the Washington Post, these guys are never going to change. the, You know, the Huff Post or whatever. You insert any Slate magazine, yeah. and all these clowns yeah, that have been to, to, to you know, to, to just destroy um, accurate reporting. All they care about is their agenda and getting their names and their Pulitzers and then patting themselves on the back. And especially if Donald Trump decides to run again, John, I just think the mainstream media is going to double down in advance. Whatever narrative if it's not a Russia gate or UK and feature a fiasco or Afghanistan or Mike Flynn or you know uh John Durham, it's gonna be something they're gonna find something else and it's gonna be the next narrative and they're gonna spend two years writing about it falsely.
0: Yeah, really remarkable. Just just remarkable.
1: There's an amazing
0: uh posting this morning on Substack written by Steve Schmidt, the former uh, campaign yeah. chairman for John McCain, then later ran the Lincoln Project. And he basically says, I have to confess, this is a story about lying. I lied to you all these years. I've lied to you all these years about a story I broke. This is funny. I broke this story at the Washington Post. Oleg Deripaska and John McCain met back in 2006. It's a story that I broke. The New York Times followed up on. It is a remarkable thing. But he he talks about how he lied to the faces of reporters to attain an outcome uh, that would protect John McCain for trying to help this Russian guy. When someone like that comes forward and all these media were relying on this guy for a decade or more, there has to be a moment of wrecking and self-introspection saying, wait, this guy that we trusted lied, lied, and oh, lied again. Um, Do you think that these sort of revelations... It, it, there's two things, right? One, have an effect on the public, one on reporters. At what point do reporters realize they have an obligation to check the things that people tell them and not just run with it like, oh, the Steele dossier?
1: Yeah, I think, well, that's just it. I think when the tenure of Donald Trump is finally said and done with, then maybe they'll get back to journalistic integrity because that's, in their minds, that's what's caused them to discard journalistic integrity. And the Steve Schmidt of the world, no surprise, we knew was lying forever. Yeah, exactly. Forever now right. comes out and says he's been lying and peddling false stories to the media, not just on, you know, John McCain, but Russiagate and Steele and all his other relationships and then creating the Lincoln Project. And then, as we know, they went out and lied on the campaign trail. And they got caught lying and they said, yeah, we're lying and we're going to continue doing it anyway. I mean, what kind of American citizen calls himself an upstanding individual of our society by knowingly going out there with his megaphone and lying to the American people, many of which who rely on those words because, They don't know better. They're not journalists. They're not investigators. They're not law enforcement. They're out there doing their jobs as teachers and cops and firemen and and what have you, and they rely on the news to get the news. I know it's crazy, but I think we've come so far from that uh, simple concept of turning on our TVs or radios and being like, okay, we can do 20 minutes and understand what's going around the world and our country today accurately. That's gone. And, uh, you know, I just thought more people should just listen to your show if they want actual reporting and then... um, throw out the rest because it's not coming back for some time unfortunately yeah
0: yeah no it it is remarkable it's a pretty remarkable moment in history reckonings of all all sorts now i want to come back to something that happened over the weekend the judge made a ruling in the, in the durham case we're heading into the assessment uh-huh. trial and he seemed to say which is i'm going to reserve judgment on some of this idea that there was a joint venture how much of this i'm going to let in he seemed to be almost inviting the prosecutors hey why don't you throw a conspiracy charge here and make these things more relevant how did you interpret the uh, judge's ruling over the weekend
1: you know, it's very. It's, first of all, there's a couple of interesting things, and I haven't talked about this with anyone. It's my former time as a you know federal prosecutor and a public defender, having right. been on both sides of the aisle here in federal court. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting that this judge is issuing rulings over the weekend. To me, that hints at the fact that he does not want this trial continued, and he wants it to start on Monday as scheduled, or next week sometime. And that's pretty um, uh, telling for a federal judge to issue these types of decisive rulings over the weekend. But more importantly, John, I think you alluded to it, having tried so many cases and having tried to use the federal rules of evidence to get in evidence to show that the defendant is guilty of the charged conduct, sometimes judges would just come back to me and say, I've seen everything you have. I can't tell you how to try your case, but I'm going to rule against you on this one matter because I think you can just prove your information and don't need the rules of evidence, you can charge the conspiracy, you can charge the co-conspirator. And so he's almost like, look, I, the judge, don't want to commit reversible error, so I'm going to hedge on the side of safety and the defendants due process rights, but should you, John Durham, come in and say, there's an actual conspiracy here under under an indictment that you've charged, then the judge is going to let it all in. It's pretty, um, it's a very interesting game gamesmanship in terms of how to prosecute a case because john Durham might not want to let out of the bag just yet that he has a charged conspiracy coming or seal there's a lots of reasons to keep that under seal or hold that off until the sussman trial is done so he obtains a conviction against michael sussman and if i were john Durham, i wouldn't be too worried about the, the ruling um and i wouldn't let it distract me from my case because he has so much evidence to show that uh, michael sussman is guilty um I don't know that he necessarily needs the overarching conspiracy evidence. It's very helpful, and it would help a jury to understand uh, some of the uh, outlying issues. But um, uh, it it, it was a very interesting dance between the judge and Don Durham, and I think it will continue this week and through these next few days right up until the trial, um, knocking on some of these motions and decisions.
0: Yeah. There was also a barb at the defense uh, team, I think a really powerful one, because at one point he said, I'm not sure that the defense wants to challenge the idea that Michael Sussman told the FBI that he wasn't working for anyone. Remember early on when this indictment came down, the spin in the media and quite frankly, in some of the early defense filing was, well, there's no proof that he said that he wasn't working for a client. And then John Durham whips out a text message between him and James Baker, and says, in which Sussman clearly says, I'm coming to you on behalf of no client. I'm doing this for the good of the country. And the judge kind of makes fun of that, saying, I'm not sure that the defense is going to want to challenge that anymore. Uh, that, that I felt like was a veiled warning to the defense. Don't pull any more crap in my courtroom and try to get away denying something you know to be true. Did you take that the same way?
1: Uh, you know, John, I think you should just start trying John Durham's cases for him. Because for a guy who, is, who hasn't been in the legal world, he seemed to nail it better than I do you have a grasp that's very unique and it's, it's it's informative. I think that's exactly how people should take it because it's, it's, again, this sort of this dance between the prosecutor and the judge. You know, look, federal judges aren't stupid. They get to see the evidence. They don't, they're not supposed to weigh in on it during trial, but they know if an individual is guilty or not based on the evidence, and they're supposed to just ensure that due process is followed and the jury gets to see the evidence according to the law. Yeah. And so when they make these sorts of little decisions, and they tell, they tell, or hint at uh, the prosecution or the defense. You might be overreaching. You, you got to like take your cues and aids from the court sometimes to alter your your presentation of the case because the judge might have thought of something you didn't. And it happens every day in federal court. And so I think that's what's going on here. This judge is very dialed into this case, probably because it's the most prominent case going on in the U.S. You know, fall all of last year, the year before, and all of this year. So. Um, I think it's going to be an interesting uh, trial to cover, and I'm sure your audience is going to be wanting to know the day-by-day, day and, and uh, no better guy than you to analyze that.
0: It's remarkable, and I think now, and you, listen, you you were the first person, along with Devin Nunez, to really understand the, the magnitude of this at first it just felt like maybe the FBI had made a mistake or got taken but now it becomes more and more clear every day that this was a knowing and willful effort to sell a fake story to the American people and that there were really extreme warning signs that what were was going on everybody knew was false when they were sharing it there's a moment in the, the um, court filing a couple of weeks ago where John Durham drops a email i think it was from the Washington Post but it's from one of the reporters saying hey, we checked out this whole Carter Page thing and it's BS, he used the actual full word, but we'll use, we'll use yeah. the PG word. The reporters are telling Fusion GPS their, their their story is BS. And oh, by the way, a few months later, that publication goes in and reports the BS anyways. The uh-huh. media, the Clinton campaign, Fusion GPS, they all seem to be working and there, everybody had a warning sign that this was bogus and it kept going Uh, Do you think that we get to a point where John Durham charges a larger conspiracy? Obviously, the judge is hinting at it. Do you think now there's enough evidence in the public realm to justify a conspiracy or a racketeering charge?
1: I do. I've always thought that, and I think we've seen enough from John Durham's hand through the Sussman and Benchenko trials and the pleadings that he's been filing based on representations uh, that the defense has made that I think are inaccurate and that he's coming over the top and said, well, since you've opened the door here, let me show you my joint venture conspiracy and let me label by, by title the individuals involved, everyone from Fusion GPS to Clinton campaign world, Podesta, Luke Sullivan, even like the Fiona Hill, Bruce Orr, Nellie Orr, and, uh, you know, so many other corrupt officials at the FBI, Andrew McCabe, Peter Strock, Lisa Page. I mean, this list goes on. And the, the fact that it takes me more than 60 seconds to recite only half of the players involved in this criminal conspiracy um, tells me, The magnitude of it and the fact that John Durham is able to go through these methodically and lay them out shows to me as a former federal prosecutor, if he hasn't already built it, that's the thing I try to tell people, he may already have his general conspiracy case built. Um, He just hasn't taken it to the grand jury. Or it may be under seal. He's allowed to do those things because he wants to go out and obtain these lower-level convictions first of the Sussmans and the Benchenkos and then present the larger cases later. That's what you do. You don't come out with your biggest case first. Yep. What you you, roll do is you show the joint venture criminal conspirators. I've got the guys on the bottom and the middle level, and now they're convicted. Do you really want to go to trial on us? Because I've got 90% of the work done, and I'll put the bow on it and take this grand conspiracy to trial if you do. I mean, it's how I ran conspiracy cases. And it's just a smarter way of doing things. I think that's what John Durham is Yeah, doing.
0: and there seems to be now. Uh, now, the lawyers obviously have multiple interests because they're repre- everyone's conflicted in this case. They're representing multiple parties. But it seems to me if I'm Michael Sussman and I'm now looking at the body of evidence and the judge has said to me, hey, you're not going to get away with saying you didn't tell them that you weren't working on behalf of a mm-hmm. client. Maybe there's a lot of pressure in Michael Sussman's mind to make a deal and roll up on some of the other folks. Do you think that that, is a discussion he and his defense lawyers are having now
1: i think it's too late yeah and here's why john when it Great comes point. To, look a defendant always has the right to plead guilty in federal court but if a defendant wants to make a plea deal with the prosecution you can't do it at the last minute because part of plea negotiation is that it saves the prosecution and the government time and resources and expenses from prosecuting your case because you have exercised your constitutional right to go to trial which is fine but once the government gets past a certain point, and I, as a former federal prosecutor, this many times, I said the plea cutoff date is X for a plea negotiation with me, the government, because then I'm going to have to start calling in witnesses, preparing documents, going through classified information, going to the court, asking for all these orders. We are going to prepare for trial. And you cannot come to us on the eve of trial and, ex- and expect what we call acceptance of responsibility, which is what allows you to receive a lower sentence as a result of a plea negotiation. We're, we're a, what are we, a week, days away from a trial here? There's there's no, I don't believe there's going to be a plea bargain struck, but the defense could always come in and plead straight up to the court, to the judge, but there's also no advantage for them at this point in time in doing that either. So I think we're going to see a trial pretty soon.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's right. And, it's, and also the judge I'm issuing orders on Saturday tells, he has a sense of expediency. He's not going to let this trial yeah. drag on. trial is about what the Clinton campaign did and what the machinery of the DNC did. Uh, On the flip side of this, there is an ongoing investigation of the FBI. It seems to me that June is a very important date if you're going to charge any conspiracy or wrongdoing. That's the date of the last of the four uh, FISA's, the third renewal, the fourth FISA. Um, I think it's in mid-June, as I recall. It would be the five-year statute of limitations. Certainly a conspiracy case can go beyond the statute, but in, if you, as you look at that, do you think there's uh, enough evidence to charge more people in the FBI with knowingly and willfully misleading the courts and the Congress with a false story?
1: Absolutely. I've always thought that because of my time as Chief Investigator Russiagate. Uh, we've seen the documentation from the FBI. We've seen the fact that after we wrote the FISA court, we being under Chairman Nunes' and leadership, wrote multiple letters, including some that were classified to the FISA court, to tell them these four FISA's that you put on Carter Page and and uh, President Trump's campaign are wrong. They're based on false, intentionally lied about information, um, and we methodically laid it out to them. Of course, they ignored us, but then what they ended up doing, once the inspector general came in and validated our entire findings, was they, the FISA court, then reversed two of those warrants um, that they issued, basically saying... Yeah, that is a rare thing right. to happen. It, it almost it literally never happened. Yeah. And the problem is it's almost an example of us doing our job too well because there's information in those files that they reverse that the public will now never see because they've come in and said um, it's, it's subject to this thing called sequestration. And because it was invalidated, the lies that the FBI pumps into that material is not available to the public. But it is available to John now. And I've seen it, and I've seen the underlying documentation that the FISA Court has seen showing the FBI's corruption under Andy McCabe and James Comey. And let's not forget that Rod Rosenstein, Trump's deputy attorney general and acting AG, signed off on the one of the warrants that was invalidated. And I, as the chief investigator, have always said the most fraud and the biggest lies were presented in that Pfizer that Rod Rosenstein signed. And that's the one that we still can't tell the American public what was in there.
0: Wow. Yeah, that's right. There are parts of it that are still redacted. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so, uh, but but John Durham, they're not redacted from John Durham.
0: That's right. And the judge could see them. Yeah. Yeah. The
1: judge judge can see them.
0: Well, we wouldn't be at this point, uh, Cash, if it wasn't for the extraordinary work you did and that Chairman Devin Nunes did at the time. And we have to remind people, because so much time has passed, when you were digging in, you were under nuclear war attack every day from the Democrats, (laughs) calling you guys conspiracy theorists and and frauds and uh, doing illegal things by going to the White House and blah, 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 blah. All of that turned out to be false. You never lost sight of the mission that the American people gave you as a member of Congress, and that was to get the American people the truth, no matter who didn't want it out. At this point now, as you look out, you've created this incredible movement called Fight With Cash. Do you see uh, the opportunity to maybe push back on some of these institutions that created the false narrative of, for, against you, against the president, against uh, people who went after Joe Biden and his son, do you kind of see a moment where Fight With Cash now has the ability to rectify reputations and to put people who made horrific false stories the truth for a while, that they can now be punished in some way?
1: Yeah, I, I do. And thanks for letting me talk about fightwithcash.com. It's cash with a K. Look, the ultimate end goal, it's the same as Fight With Cash as it was when I was in government doing this investigation or running Trump's DOD. It's accountability. You are, you are serving in those roles as a privilege as an honor to uh, the American people. You are volunteering to them that I'm going to take on this mantle and tell you the truth. And that's what Devin agreed to from day one. No matter what we found, and I had never met Donald Trump when I took on this investigation. I didn't know the guy. Right. I said, if he did it, we're going to tell the world. If he didn't do it, we're going to tell the world. We're going to put out the facts. And that's what Fight With Cash is about, because they, they the left-wing media, and Adam Schiff's from the world and company have maligned so many American citizens, for believing in the truth and our mission that they defame them and they ruin people's careers. And look, one example is the guy who owned the laptop or owned the store. Oh yes. Biden's laptop was presented. His life was ruined. And he's finally now fi- filing a defamation lawsuit. Yep. That's what we do at fight with cash. If you've been defamed, we know defamation lawsuits cost money that people don't have. We raise the money. We review your case for free and we pay for your day in court because accountability matters. Accountability against the mainstream media must be, uh, final in court and that's the only place that they will take notice because otherwise they'll just keep writing their lies. so I do think fight with cash is a place there and I encourage your audience to check it out at fightwithcash.com we're gonna we're not gonna stop he's got multiple lawsuits already going for Americans and it's a great mission and we are going to make the mainstream media pay for their lives but above all John they've corrupted how Americans in the world receive accurate reporting so you and I and, uh, and so many others have to go out there and continue to tell the world how they were lied to for so many years and make sure that never happens again. That's the biggest mission of all. It is. And com is just a piece of it.
0: It is remarkable. And after going through that and putting up with all the crap that you put up with, you somehow found the wherewithal to go try to help other people who are now going through it today or will yeah. go through it in the future. What a gift that gives on. Because you have not only now the resources to do it, you have the experience of how to navigate these disinformation campaigns that, that the left and the media carried out to destroy reputations. You're right, John Paul McIsaac and, and Devin Nunes and you and, and uh, uh, Carter Page and Mike Flynn, all of their good reputations were ruined by basically false PR machinery. And now, for the first time, people have uh, a, an ally, a well-funded ally that can go out and, and, and fight that in real time. What a gift to give back to the American public.
1: Yeah, we're and, you know, look, you're part of it, John. You're a big part. Of, you're a leader of this mission. So we're never going to stop talking as long as you're just going to continue covering what needs to be covered, and I don't see that ending anytime soon. And Justin News is, you know, kicking ass, and, uh, you know, on on Truth Social, you guys are on fire. <laughs> Your articles are one of the most followed articles um, on my
0: We love platform. it. It's such a great conversation. And also, tell people, because I, I, if, folks, if you didn't see the Friday edition of Cash's TV show, it is the best primer on why – the uh, what, what's at stake in the Sussman trial and, and what's going on. Cash, what's the best way for people to watch the great work you're doing at Epic TV?
1: Oh, thanks so much, John. Yeah, so look, you can just go to Cash's Corner. It's uh, You can get it off of fightwithcash.com, or you can just go on Truth Social, on at Cash, K-A-F-H. But it's once a week. It comes out, Cash's Corner on Epoch TV. All the links are on at Truth Social or at fightwithcash.com. And we talk about everything from John Durham to national security. And you can watch it every uh at any time you want, but the new episode's released on Friday night and we're focusing big time on John Durham like you are. And um, it's a good exchange. And um, oh, it's a great show.
0: In. And we, we're good friends with the folks at Epoch Times, and we do a lot of work with them behind the scenes. And it is a, if you, I have it on an alert. So the second it's posted, I get an alert and I know it's there and I go watch it. Uh, <laughs> it is a fantastic show. And you know what? It's the modern way people want to consume e- evidence. A lot of th- television today has got a, a formulaic way of doing it. The Sunday shows have been the same for 50 years. Uh, the, you know, the opinion shows on CNN, Fox, they're all the same, they all have the same formula. Format. You have a format that I think is so refreshing because it—it's about explaining and giving voice to Americans' ideas and helping them understand and treating the American as being smart enough to understand. There, there, too many elitists in Washington diss the American. Ah, oh, they don't get this. We have to tell them what to think. You don't do that. You walk people through the evidence and let them make up their own mind. I think it's one of the freshest formats I've seen in television. It's a just a tremendous show.
1: Uh, it's very kind of you. Thanks very much. And um, you know, I learned it by uh, <laughs> I learned it by watching you. Well, from an old you got to get
0: better mentors than that. I'll tell you that you're in trouble if you're there. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're doing, it's an amazing thing you're doing. And we're always grateful. People love when you come on this show, Cash. And uh, I just want to say thanks. And uh, I guess in a couple of weeks, we got a trial to watch. It's going to be big.
1: We got a trial to watch. And um, I'm coming back on your show soon for a special announcement, John. Uh, I make can't it wait. Day, but- we're have some fun
0: soon. I know that. People are going to love when they hear what this is. It's a big deal. All right, Cash. Well, thanks again. We made a lot of sense of this weekend filing. And, of course, we got the big story tonight with uh, Mike Flynn that we'll be making public. And uh, can't wait to get you on soon.
1: Thanks again, John. Appreciate being
0: with you. All right, folks. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to go to one of our great reporters. Aaron Kliegman broke a great story this morning about some dirty dealings in Georgia with Governor Brian Kemp. Yet he's actually helping to fund a George Soros project, not making that up. You're going to get that next from our great colleague, Aaron Kliegman, right after the commercial break. Folks, if you get your wallet stolen or your cell phone or your car, we know what it is. It's old-fashioned theft. It's crime. We know it. Criminals now have a new way to steal our most valuable asset, our homes. Older Americans are most vulnerable to these types of thefts, and that's because they more often own their homes outright. An 88-year-old Florida woman recently discovered that scammers forged her signature, created a fake deed to her home, and then took her property. Those who buy a property from a deed theft scammer often become victims as well. What can you do to protect yourself? It's simple. My good friends at Home Tidal Lock provide the premier detection technology to protect your home Find out for free when you use my code news at signup. You'll get a free comprehensive scan of your home's title and 30 days of legendary home title lock protection free. So go to hometitlelock.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS. That's the promo code News at hometitlelock.com. Go there today. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out. All right, folks, welcome back for the commercial break. So glad to welcome this next guest. He is a colleague of mine at Justin News, breaks some of the biggest and best stories, including the number one red story on our site this morning. His name is Aaron Kliegman. You know him well because you see his work all the time on the site. And he had an amazing story about a little bit of graft and corruption questions surfacing in the state of Georgia. I know that would surprise you. Uh, Aaron, welcome to the show.
2: Hey, John. Thanks for having me on.
0: It is a great honor to have you on, and I, I just enjoy reading your stories. You do such a thorough job, and you write in such a way that people really can understand complex or uh, you know uh, tricky political things, and all of a sudden they come to life, like every, an, uh, an everyday person goes, aha, I know what this is, and I think you did this with this Brian Kemp tax um, uh, incentive package that was given to a George Soros funding, funded company. Tell us a little bit about what the story is and the reaction that um, Senator Perdue's challenging Kemp uh, had to it.
2: Sure. Um, So there's this uh, electric vehicle company called Rivian. It's based in California. And what happened is in December, uh, Governor uh, Kemp of Georgia, um, his government agreed with Rivian uh, to this deal for Rivian to build a $5 billion with a B dollar uh, manufacturing plant in Georgia. And what happened is last week, uh, both sides kind of finalized the deal and Georgia is essentially going to give a 1.5 again billion with a B dollar incentive incentive package for uh Rivian to come here and includes all kinds of things like tax credits and just um a whole litany of things um that you can look in the story about 198 million in site and road improvements on the property so this uh And uh, Governor Kemp's been touting this as a huge deal, but uh, his uh, opponent, uh, former Senator David Perdue in the uh, gubernatorial primary, Republican primary, has been calling this a a bad deal. He's even said, uh, you know, there's some questions about how potentially shady dealings for how it came about. And the company is actually tied to George Soros as well, which uh, especially in a Republican primary is raise some noise. So I'm happy to discuss uh, all of your thoughts in uh, more detail.
0: Yeah, pretty remarkable. And a big moment just happened a little bit ago, Ford, which had also been an investor in Rivian, the same company alongside of uh, George Soros. Who had, what did Soros have, about a 20% stock is at stake in the company, something like that?
2: He bought 20 million, about 20 million shares worth about 2.1 billion dollars at the time. Right. Now for as we're about to discuss, I'm sure that that's uh, that's much less now. But right. I don't. Um, we have to wait for the latest securities filings. I'm not exactly sure what you know what he's done since then. But this was as a as a February uh, securities filing showed he had bought uh, that much and was one of the biggest investors in the company. As yeah. a result.
0: And now Ford dumps its stock today, right? About 8 million shares, if I remember yeah. that right? Yeah. yeah. Or $8 million and, worth of yeah, shares. Yeah,
2: exactly. It was, it was significant. And um, it's. I think there had already been, which is one thing that uh, former Senator Perdue had brought up, as he obviously, as a businessman, ran two Fortune 500 companies, and he was brought up, among other things, the economic viability, sort of the economic judgment of the deal since Rivian. Even before this latest move, move by Ford to pull out, and you saw um, – Rivian's stocks plummet further. It had already um, since uh, the share price had hit a high of, I of believe it was $180 in the no, in November. And last week it was in the high 20s. It was it plummeted by already by something like 75%. It was six times lower. Wow. And it was, and a lot of this was, and it, uh, Rivian reported in the fourth quarter of uh, last year a $2.5 billion in losses. So And a lot of this was because of, the company just wasn't producing it. You know, they said we want to make this number of units and they just kept not meeting it. And they had a half their planned production output for this year. So it's, um, and I think uh, one thing that uh, Senator produced capitalized on, he's saying it's one thing if you're putting this much, um, this much, not only political capital, but actually taxpayer dollars toward uh, making a deal with the company that has a proven track record. That's, that's one thing, you know, it's a lot of money, but Maybe it's worth, it's worth it, but he's he's saying this is a company that is largely unproven, so we don't know, you know. So he's he's questioning the economic wisdom of the decision. Yeah, and this latest for news, just I guess. Uh, Further uh, bolsters that argument.
0: Yeah, listen, Ford. Ford makes decisions based on good economics, and they're clearly lost faith in the bet they made on this company. And I think part of it is the company really hasn't produced a product that you know. Some people say, well, electric vehicles are hot right now. Look at uh, look at what uh, Elon Musk has done, Uh, but. Uh, this company really hasn't had the same traction as Musk's company, Tesla, or some of the other ones. Uh, it's been going for a long time. It keeps getting investments, and it's kind of plodding along. And so uh, Ford pulling out after the governor just announced these tax incentives is, is, is going to, I'm sure, have an impact in the final days of an election, a primary election, between Kemp and Purdue. You had one other angle to the story, which I found interesting, which is there is somebody close to the governor, Governor Kemp, whose land was involved in this. Talk a little bit about what you found uh, uh, for uh, one of uh, Kemp's associates in, in this deal.
2: Sure. So there's a uh, guy named Alan Verner, who he's the Verner family. It's big there in the Rutledge, Georgia area. They've right. had a farm there for a long time, and uh, he and his uh, siblings own about say, uh, several hundred acres of property that's been earmarked for the Rivian plan. It's about one-third of the total area. The total area is about 2,000 acres, roughly. This is a little under 700. That's been earmarked, and uh, this uh, person, Alan Werner, was serving as chairman of the Joint Development Board, essentially in a, a, uh, an authority in the state of Georgia that was involved in the, lands, the land deals that would be involved for making this $5 billion plan happen, and he was in, you know, as the chairman of over uh, various counties. So he was involved in the discussion. He vacated his position in August of this past year when the talks were well advanced. But ethics experts have expressed concern because he and his family are going to profit. Um, The Atlanta Journal-Constitution reported more than $20 combined for the family. Um, People, Werner, uh, his lawyer, people close to him have uh, said he took every necessary step to ensure there is no conflict of interest. It's abstaining from the relevant votes and um, things like that. But obviously this is something that's gotten attention down in Georgia and uh, uh, former Senator Perdue has, uh, has noted it uh, in remarks on Friday on the just the news, not noise television program and things like that. So it adds to the, um, I guess, questioning about how this deal came
0: about. Yeah, and this is a big chunk of money. A billion and a half dollars is a lot of money for a state the size of Georgia. That's a pretty good-sized state, but that's a
2: yeah.
0: chunk of change. And I think there was a great line that the senator had that this was uh, – uh, a, uh, a deal done at the dark of night, right, um, and, and basically calling question that the lack of transparency, when Kemp first rolled this out, there wasn't a lot of transparency to what was going on, and because of like, persistence of people like Senator Purdue, many others, uh, the Atlanta Constitutional Journal, who you, who you mentioned, um, now we have some visibility into what went on, uh, but uh, as I think the Senator called, this is a good old boy deal done in the dark of night. I think a lot of people know what that means in Georgia. It'll be very interesting to see how this played out. You did a great job in in exposing. This is the sort of stuff that I think with just the news we're trying to do on a daily basis. Uh, any reaction to it? As you've watched the story, it's the number one story on the site. But um, just any, or any early reaction about where this story heads next?
2: I think, well, it'll be interesting to see if it has an effect on the polls going forward. Um, I think so far Governor Kemp's been ahead, but uh, Governor Perdue has cast out on the polls. Obviously, it's I think a lot of people in this country have lost faith in in the polling overall um, over the past two election cycles. So it's I think we'll see how that shakes out or whether I mean, is there could there be an investigation into how this deal came about? Could there be I mean, if if Rivians really if their stocks continue to tumble, is it at what point does the government of Georgia, state government of Georgia say, What did we do? Is there a way? I mean, is there a way to get out? Because it's, you know, making essentially making an investment on a uh, essentially a startup company. I mean, this is a relatively new company that hasn't really produced much. It's There's obviously there's a lot of, uh, you know, uh, interest. There's a lot of uh, expectation that uh, electric vehicles will kind of take off in in the future, especially with the kind of environmental push towards them, but they're also more expensive to make. Yep. Not everyone is Elon. Elon Musk is I think a unique individual. We can't all expect other businesses to sort of do what he did. Yeah. So, um,
0: You're right you on know. the money with that.
2: We'll see. Yep. And one thing I just wanted to know quickly about going back to, I forgot a reference with George Soros is uh, one thing that uh, Senator Perdue has pointed out is Rivian is based in California. It has very much, uh, Portrayed itself as a champion in combating climate change. And I think that's one thing that he's pointed out. That's And obviously, that's probably, it seems like that's perhaps one reason why George Soros, obviously a major Democratic mega, mega donor, is uh, supporting progressive causes. Maybe that's one reason why he um, put so much uh, investment in it. And in a Republican primary, obviously, that could be politically problematic, potentially for Governor Kemp. We'll see.
0: Yeah. Well, a lot to be honest. I know you'll be on top of it like you are and all the good stories that you break. We're very lucky to have you. And uh, I just wanted our listeners to get a good sense of how important this story is. A billion and a half bucks to a source company that hasn't really been succeeding. Ford now pulls out, it kind of makes that whole investment uh, a lot more suspect. Aaron, great job on this and all the other work that you do for us. We're, we're very blessed to have you here at Just the News.
2: Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. I'm happy to be at Justin
0: News. We're happy you're here, too. And I can't wait to see your next story because you have one almost every day that people go, oh my gosh, I can't believe that. So I'm sure you'll have more <laughs> great stuff in the morning. Thanks again, my friend. Uh, a couple of good ones. A couple of good ones planned for this week. I knew it. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> well, congratulations on all the great work. And thanks for, for doing this story. It's such a public service. We really enjoyed it. All right.
2: Thanks, John. Take uh, care. Fun. Happy
0: to be here. All right. You as well. All right, folks. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to wrap things up. House Nutrition, and, of course, Field of Greens. All you got to do to take advantage of this offer, visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Don't wait. Go to fieldofgreens.com today. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS for 15% off. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports. So glad you can join us. It's such an honor to have you on. I really thought about some of the stuff Cash said. Well, I'd keep an eye out for this idea of a conspiracy charge, maybe coming in the future. I think a lot of people might see John Durham going in that direction, given what we now know. And of course, stay tuned tonight for the Mike Flynn exclusive. We're not going to let you down a very important story. Again, one of the other many bad narratives that the American public got from the mainstream media, the Democratic propaganda machine that was out there. All right, now, before we go, I want to tell you about one of our partners, one of our newer partners, one of our sponsors and advertisers, somebody I've been using for a long time in my homes. They're called American Home Shield, and they give you peace of mind, which, by the way, today is even more important with inflation, right? You don't want any unexpected bills, taking a bite out of your budget when the gas tank and the grocery store runs are already taking a historic bite out of your budget 10 plus percent a year. The folks at American Home Shield for 50 years have been protecting household budgets from the unexpected like a dryer that won't dry or an air conditioner that's lost its cool, a heating system that, well, won't heat. In fact, and you know how expensive all of those are, they help cover the cost to repair or replace parts on over- 20 home systems, not just one. 20 different types of home systems and appliances. You know the big stuff, the stuff that you know, when it goes, it takes a big bite out of your wallet. They are amazing. It doesn't matter how old the systems are. The service fees, the limitations and exclusions apply, but they have a plan just for you. And because you're a John Solomon Reports fan, because you are a Just the News fan, you guys can take an extra $50 off the cost of one of the most comprehensive plans. You just go to AHS, that stands for American Home Shield, ahs.com slash justthenews, and you're going to get 50 bucks off. That's ahs.com slash justthenews. Go check it out. Go support these guys. They're amazing. I've covered my homes with American Home Shield for a long time. I'm renewing this week because I'm about to be up on my one year. And boy, I just have peace of mind. If something goes, I'm not worried about it. And you shouldn't do. Go check it out with this incredible deal. Do 50 bucks off as a... Big savings on a plan for your home. Why not have the peace of mind? Get rid of the unexpected. Know what your protection is. American Home Shield, good friends. All you got to do right now, go to ahs.com slash news, and you'll get 50 bucks off if you sign up for the most comprehensive plan. It is amazing. All right, tonight, tune in. We're going to have a great show on... Just the news, not noise. Amanda and I will be interviewing Senator Ron Johnson. We also got Ward Connolly, one of the great civil rights leaders to be talking about the Supreme Court and affirmative action. And Jake Evans, a candidate who just got one of those coveted Trump endorsements. All of that, plus we'll break some more news will lead you down the road to understanding this important Mike Flynn story after the show. So tune into that tonight. That's on Real America's Voice Channel 219, on Dish Channel 240 and Pluto, on all the apps, including Samsung, Pluto, Rocco, and Just the News, the Just the News app, just click the watch button and you can be in on the TV show. Amanda and I have so much fun and we'd love to invite you there as well. Have a great one. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition. Until then, God bless you and God bless this extraordinary country of the United States. As he always has. Yep, you've been listening to John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year and then the inflation data came out.